Welcome back to Planning Face Syndicate Universe Extended. Yes, this is our after hours show where we talk about everything and anything Star Wars based on, I don't know, whatever we feel is prominent or prominent at the time. Tonight, for episode 28 of the Universe Extended, we're going to be discussing Visions Season 2 in full. So, if you have not seen Season 2 of Visions, Here's your cue to duck on out. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I don't hear any doors leaving. So good. Welcome to episode 28 of Universe Extended. Joining me as my co-host tonight to discuss Visions Season 2 is JJ, the I Love the Lions guy. How are you tonight, (laughs) sir? (laughs) Excited to go over some Star Wars Visions, which I will preface, I think this was by far the better season out of the two so far. I really enjoyed uh, season two. Yeah, I agree with you. I I think so far this, this set felt better and maybe a a little bit because um, it's the Sith, right? Like, and that's, it's a little bit more darker themed um, than before. And, and that's to me, that's good, but that's again, not everybody agrees with me. Um, but I like this stuff and, and, and obviously the dark side probably more than I should. Um, I mean, look at me, I'm a separatist player for X-Wing, uh, first and an empire player second. So there's that. Um, anyway, so we thought we would discuss visions too. So normally, um, if you are new to our universe extended series, we kind of recap, um, episodic episodes or movies from star Wars or books. This time we thought we'd do Vision, and I know I can already hear Deslin clamoring in the background. Why have you not done Bad Batch Season 2? And I promise you we will do that. So that is the next one on our agenda. We will cover Bad Batch Season 2 um, right after Visions. So we don't know if it'll be next week, the week after, or maybe even the week after that. But... uh yeah. So anyway, just wanted to cover Vision season two. I thought it was we thought it was so good. Uh, Vision season two has nine episodes, right, JJ? Yes, correct. And it's a little bit darker or feels a little bit darker than it had before. Yeah, definitely. There was a lot more um, a lot more tones for dealing with like the dark side in general at least exploring that that part of the dark side a little bit more so than um more so than last season right because last season we get a little bit of mix between like you know the everyday lives of certain people um and the effects of the empire uh rather than you know going more into the story of like the light and dark side of the force and we we certainly see a lot more lightsaber battles and such for uh this particular season here so it was nice to see that the other big change for this season too is that they definitely went a little more international when in terms of uh reaching out to different studios from around the globe to uh depict an episode uh for for star wars and their interpretation of the material and it was great to see the influences and references for their local culture um reflect into their uh their their episodes for um for the season yeah and and i think star wars traditionally has always been a pretty anti-colonialistic and anti-imperialistic type um 
you know, show, right? And and I think, you know, Visions allows for, while not canon, but allows for different artists to take their interpretation of what Star Wars means to them. Um, this kind of feels like I'm trying to remember of the lady's name for that cooking show that I really like. Um, but she travels the worlds and, and talks to people of different um, cultures and finds out like what dish is from your culture. And it's called taste of the nation. And I can't remember yeah, the lady's with, name with Lashma. Uh, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. She's, she's good. Yeah. yeah you say, you say your name because I butcher names, but I love <laughs> her, her. Like her show is like one of my favorite shows um, between the way she presents it and like I, I like food shows I'll, I won't lie and, and maybe it's because I look like this um, but uh, <laughs> I do like food shows so um, anyway so that's what like Star Wars has always kind of been those type of themes and I feel that this season specifically allowed for artists to focus on um allowing different cultures to influence how they see star Wars. And we talk about star Wars being inclusive, but sometimes it doesn't always feel like that. I mean, like Finn in the show didn't get a great fair shot. They didn't treat the actor very well. And I know X-Wing did because Finn is three point bullshit menace on the table um, to play against. But, um, in cinema, they have not always been characteristically accommodating um, in that. And I think that they've tried to do some of those things over the last, let's just say, 15, 20 years. And this Visions, because it's all these, uh, brings all these other cultures in, they get to tell their own story. Um, and I will admit that, like, like there is the, the, the one story where... Uh, they, they, it's essentially looking at India and some of these different, you know, fashions and things like that from there. And I can't remember the episode number. It's like eight or nine. Um, uh, seven. Yeah. Seven. Uh, the Golak. Uh, Brandon's of Golak. Yeah. yeah. That one, like that episode is really, really touching because it, it brings apart the the whole piece of how we don't have to do these in order, right? We could do whatever, however order yeah. we want. Yeah. Okay. So seven brings apart, apart that whole conversation about um, you know, what that culture is in Star Wars, right? But it still brings the themes, right? You know, they still have to hide. It's still the people hunting Jedi. They're still hunting Jedi and it's this whole underground railroad. And if we think about it, and if you think about, like, our world is this huge, huge thing. Like, how many times can are you going to travel to every country and every, you know, capital in the country and all these other crazy things in your life that you're, you're just not. So you're never going to be able to experience everything. And if you think about Star Wars, it's like quadrupled million times that, <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, exactly. But we live on Earth. <laughs> so you, being able to represent that feel, but with references to different cultures on Earth is just, I don't know. Like, I, it was very touching to me. And I felt um, I felt a lot closer to this season, um, even with its departure from a few of the anime style pieces i really liked from vision one yeah absolutely and uh so let's start with um with the first episode uh, which was titled sith 
Um, this one's definitely a really interesting episode. Number one, the animation style, which is way different than what we've seen before for uh, like season one. And, uh, you know, we see this young girl uh, that has a, a cybernetic arm and has a little ball droid, which, by the way, that was by far my favorite droid out of every other droid in Star Wars so far. Like that Even little ball BD? droid. Even over yeah. BD? Oh, Even wow. over BD, man. And the reason for it is the, the part where um, eventually she gets out and she's uh, being hunted by a Sith uh, master uh, with uh, two bounty hunter droids. And the droid uh, converts, uh, takes out this giant uh, like cannon and headshots one of the droids right in front of it. And that was like the perfect part. Uh, like just seeing the cutie little uh, ball droid uh, all of a sudden turn into like this killer and it was great. Um, I definitely love the play uh, with the artwork um, and how it kind of delivers that story and come to find out that she is a former Sith apprentice that um, eventually became redeemed and is trying to reconcile her her life um, after being in the darkness and her trying to essentially trying to eliminate darkness from her without realizing that it's a part of her and just trying to find that balance with her. And I thought the storytelling with the art in the background was phenomenal, especially that whole lightsaber battle with the Sith master. I think it was some of the best work that we've seen so far. Yeah. And with that, like that lightsaber battle, um, like and and it basically you have the 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 master going either either kill me or don't you but you have the energy you can become the master and she's like I do not want to become the master but sometimes killing the evil is the only necessary way to move on to get rid of it yeah yeah and this story talks about her struggle to not embrace the way of the Sith and it brings up a good question like if you kill a Sith Lord do you become a Sith Lord then like like and, and, and like it, it brings an inconsistency discussion that we always just avoid like if you were a Sith apprentice and you kill a Sith master you're now the Sith Lord right you're just gonna automatically because you had to tap into your anger and blah, blah but that's just stupid and this like this actually you- makes fun of that right yeah, they're basically using Mandalorian rules, right? It's like the title Sith Master essentially is the dark saber, right? Whoever killed it last gains yeah. the title of it. <laughs> yeah, and, and she, what she's saying is, I don't want to kill you, but if you make me kill you, I'm not. I'm still not going to become the a, a Sith Lord. I'm not. I'm not going to do that, man. Like, fuck off. Um, yeah. Yeah, and and I love the the little quip at the end, right? She's like, "Well, he was right about one thing. I am a master," and she's like, "Of my own destiny." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's that's a great way to like for her to like end that that piece there uh, for her story." I thought that was uh, that was pretty awesome there. Um, the one thing too is the vehicle that she uses to go out and explore. That looks really similar to Grievous's vehicle, right? That we saw in um, in Episode Three after when he escapes Obi Wan. When the clones start attacking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that vehicle was pretty awesome, especially when she turned around and took out the guns to gun down one of the bounty hunter uh, droids. That was uh, that was awesome. Uh, just just to see that uh, that p- bit of artwork and how they played that in into the story. That was really cool there. Yeah. So, so yeah, go ahead. W- w- how is so? Are we, w- give us a scale, JJ, of of how we're ranking these, and then and then. So one to ten, w- uh, I think this is the best here. I think episode one was a solid eight for me. All right, and I would give it a nine. I enjoyed, 
I enjoyed it immensely, like quite a bit. Yeah, definitely. All right. What's the next episode you want to cover? All right. So we'll uh, just go down the list here. So we're scrolling down here to episode number two. Uh, episode number two here is titled uh, Screechers Reach here. So it's a story uh, of these four kids. Um, one of them obviously having desires to basically not being happy with uh, the life of, uh, I guess, of being a child working in a mine and he's looking to go out and explore. Um, but yet the kid kind of watches over the younger ones as they kind of live their lives on this planet. And they know of a legend of a location where a screecher uh, lives in that area and it kind of haunts the place there. So there's a little bit of folklore into this. Um, if you were like watching this for the first time and you didn't know what Star Wars is about, you obviously would not think that this is a uh, Star Wars like related episode just based on how the the story progresses but as they progress in there uh it turns out that there is a uh i guess a sith i would assume uh or at least night sister uh that is actually in the mountain um and this is uh the protagonist here uh that's in there and through uh, a bit of a battle there. Um, the kid manages to steal the lightsaber from the screecher and manages to uh, to destroy it, um, which ends with a, a surprise twist, which is apparently a Sith master comes in and decides to recruit the kid and take him away into their journey, uh, which was a bit of a twist, right? Because normally when... Uh, in these stories, when like the evil is vanquished, then you have the appearance of a of a guide of an older guide that wants to take this kid to develop him into something better. Um, but then we're greeted with the Sith Master that now wants to recruit this kid as their apprentice, uh, which I thought that was an interesting twist. Yeah, and I think the the bigger appeal to this is it feels a little bit closer to like uh, a horror movie theme, right? Yes, you know? by far. Yeah. And yeah, those mountain have, sequences. Yeah, you we have not seen that right with with it, and it's weird. Like the, the animation style was not my favorite. I guess is 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 that my favorite piece of that? But like the actual story itself and how it like portrayed itself was amazing. Like I loved, I love that. Like I would give this like a nine and a half. Right. Like if the animation had been a little bit more my style, it would be like a 10. Like I really like this story and I love the twist. And like that was my favorite part of that because it's like, oh, shit, they just yeah. did a good thing. Oh, now she's an apprentice and oh, she's not going to become a Sith Lord. Uh, for me, I ranked it a little bit lower. I actually ranked it a six mainly because um, you're right. The animation style could have been a little bit better, but I get it. They're interpreting according to how they want to deliver the story and they definitely get points for that. Um, however, I think there could have been more they could have expanded on uh, for it. Um, like, you know, just a, a little bit more like the history of how that creature came to be. Um, what, why exactly was this Sith mother waiting for uh, for Dahl to recruit him and stuff like it pretty much immediately, uh, which makes me think that they were just orbiting in the area, just waiting for somebody to kill this creature. And then they're like, oh, they're gone. Let me go pick this kid up. Um, so like it, it kind of felt a little bit rushed, but um, but still it, it was definitely 
that horror aspect of it that's something that we don't see much in star wars at all and i think that really helped redeem it um but uh but compared to the other episodes in the seasons i it felt like a solid six for me all right you're weird but all right All right, so moving on to the next one here, episode three titled In the Stars, which is a story of two sisters uh, that uh, that are left behind. They're the last one of their kind there, and uh, essentially the younger sister wants to follow in the footsteps of their mother, who essentially um, gave her life in order to help protect the two sisters uh, while the Empire came in and basically wiped out their race um, in order to set up a factory there. Um, this actually felt very much to me like, uh, and mainly because I've been listening uh, to the book recently, but the last book of Thrawn for the people from Sunrise, um, how the, their whole mythology about uh, leaving their physical body and joining the, the great beyond to heal their planet, like it kind of had that vibe for me. Um, it was pretty cool. Uh, I believe this was one of the ones that I saw the interview for from Team Chile. Uh, for Star Wars Celebration, where they're talking about using their influences from real-life events that happen in their country to write this particular episode. And there's definitely a lot of heavy symbolism uh, between the hands and the uh, the pictures that they use to depict the fallen, uh, their fallen race and their mother uh, becoming a star in the sky. Um, I definitely love that that bit of their culture that they incorporate as part of the symbolism in this particular episode and it was really great to see um like basic rebels trying to go in and you know win a small battle uh which means a ton for them and not very much for the empire um but it was it was really cool to see that story develop yeah and this one this one i felt was very action-packed um, yeah. And this is that Wallace and Grummet um, animators, yes. correct? Yeah, their studio yeah. or whatever. Um, which I do like. I do like, and I do think the story um, had some merit, but it kind of felt a little generic to me in the um, aspect of... It felt generic in the aspect of being Star Wars being Star Wars, right? Like, right. this is kind of an arc we've seen before. Um, it was a little bit more unique. They did draw it out. I like the um, native style that they 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 use for it. Um, it was very bleak. Like, yes, this, like, it was. They are like the last two between the Empire destroying absolutely everything, and then hogging um, all the water, which and is then crazy. Take, yeah, taking all the water. Like, and why? Why are you taking all the water? What is wrong with you? You know. Um. So it felt a, a little tiny bit unrealistic in that aspect of it. Um, so I, I give this a seven and a half ish. Um, I like the animation because it's Wallace and Gramet. And like, I have a little soft spot for that just because my kids always like those growing up. Um, yeah. so like we've watched <laughs> enough of that Wallace and Gromit and Sean, <laughs> the sheep type stuff. But I, I, I don't know. I, I did enjoy the episode um, and I did enjoy the unique take on it, but I just felt the story was a little bland um, yeah. for my taste. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Uh, the story could have been a little bit better. The action sequences probably is the best redeeming factor for it. Um, 
but I did give it a seven out of 10 for this one here. Um, the, the stop motion capture with the claymation was really interesting, uh, to deliver this type of media for it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was definitely very enjoyable. I like this one a lot here. Um, so moving on to episode number four, uh, which one, uh, this one is called, I am your mother. I felt like this was the mother's day episode of star Wars <laughs> visions for real. Like it was just perfect. And for a second, when we, when they introduced wedge Antilles, like, uh, yep. hosting this grand race part, I'm like, Oh snap, we're about to see something great. And then I see a tweet, like, I'm like, Oh man, is this going to be like Hera, Hera's little sister or something like that. And then, uh, and then we get this, uh, this very kitty comical sequence where, um, uh, the this young girl Ani uh, is basically hiding from her mother um, that there's a family race that's going on, and uh, all her other friends are kind of competing to go in there. Uh, we get some some very comical scenes between uh, the uh, the Wookiee racers. Uh, that that was actually one of the funniest part was seeing uh, the Wookiee family and uh, like facing off against another family, and they're making fun of the Wookiee family. And you see the baby Wookiee tear off the arms of one of the dolls, and they just like close their hatch and like turn the other way <laughs> that was a, a a clever little throwback to uh, let the wookie win um which i enjoyed that a lot uh, but it was cool to see the uh, the like different starships that they had on there one of them definitely looked like uh, a first order ship uh, which was uh, ani's rival the the black hair girl uh, it looked like a, a mix between like a sith infiltrator and a uh and the 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 um like Kylo Ren shuttle uh, type thing. Like it looked like a blend of that. Uh, that, that was kind of cool for that. So th this is the Wallace and Gremmett episode. Sorry. This one yeah. is, right? Yeah. I thought the yeah, last one was... Same, same style. It's just, it, it's, it has a a more kitty tone than the previous episode, but still uses stop uh, stop motion. So yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so this this one I liked because it felt like they were giving us some Hera type thing and like the little dog type thing that they had, yeah. the droid dog. Yeah. That was really cute. I like yeah. that a lot. Um, I like the celebration piece at the end and, you know, the themes of it. Um, but again, this this kind of felt a little childish for me. Yeah. Um, but Definitely then again, whatever. I I, yeah. I don't know. You know, like I, whatever. I mean, it is Star Wars for Christ's sake. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so, so overall, I I give this I, this one felt more like a six for me. Um, it was cute. It was fun. It just wasn't my thing. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I gave it a lower ranking. It it was um it was mildly entertaining um but really didn't do much for me either i mean my kid loved it which you know was great um but beyond that i think screechers hollow uh did better um in terms of story uh so I, for me this was a five for me so yeah all right and then going on to episode number five now i gotta say this one here is this I, I feel that this was the best episode out of the entire season. And but there was a very, very close composition between this and another one of the episodes that we'll cover in a second here. So this one's called Journey to the Dark Head. Um, this one is an anime style uh, type uh, episode where we get um, a mechanic who I guess grew up in a in a temple, I'm assuming it's not a Jedi temple, uh, but it's like a force user temple, I guess, where 
um, or visions of what's coming into the future is rained down upon these rocks and they record what's going to happen um, based on what they see on there. Now, it could be visions of the past or visions of the future. And what we know is that there's still a great Sith versus Jedi war going on currently at the time when this is happening here. Uh, she eventually makes it out to the Jedi Council and she believes that if they can eliminate one of the, the dark side head uh, on the top of this mountain, that this could greatly benefit the Jedi in affecting the outcome of the war there. And she's tasked to go on there. And then we get this great sequence uh, where uh, this young Jedi, um, I forget his name, uh, is um, is kind of meditating before his mission. And we have this sequence where we find out that a former friend of his kills his master as, as well as other Jedi. And she's on that precipice of turning to the dark side because of his hate and anger that he has towards Bichon, uh, the antagonist in this one. And uh, oh, we get a great action sequence as they head over to the uh, the top of the mountain and only to discover that the mountain only works because the energies of light and dark flow between the two heads. And that's what creates the images on there. And I thought that was actually a really great twist amongst the entire battle between the Jedi and Bichon. And uh, I, I just absolutely love the animation and the story on this one. Yeah. And I think this one is probably the most traditional star Wars, right? Right. Um, I, I will say I love this one. Like I give the hands down. I give this one a 10. Um, yeah. No questions asked. And I like the, and again, I am an, I won't lie and say, I, I do like anime. So yeah. um, part of the reason I liked Visions was because it brought the anime style into some of these things, right? Um, but this one really feels like Star Wars anime, very similar to like the very first, right? Yeah. Or like Ninth Jedi from last season as well, which was fantastic. Yeah, and I, I, I love this episode hands down. Yeah, it had definitely a lot of action. You got invested into the characters really quickly, um, and it, like and that was the one thing is that like left me astonished. Right, it's like you, you get introduced into these characters and very quickly they tell you a very quick story but very detailed on um on like what's motivating these characters they get straight into the the gist of the story of the mission that they're trying to accomplish and they just do a really really good job of developing these characters and this episode is only like 19 minutes long not including credits um, but yet you're still invested on like what's going on and what's happening and they do a fantastic job of delivering so much storytelling of what's going on in the background for these characters um while all the action is going on and it is just hands down it was the best one for me i absolutely agree with you 10 out of 10 for me yeah i love this one this is this is this was this was probably i don't know this might be my favorite we'll see yeah so uh going on to the next one uh the next one episode six spy dancer this was the other one that i felt was really really good i enjoyed it a lot now the animation style isn't as clean as crisp as the other ones that we've seen on the list here nonetheless the story for this one was absolutely great so we have a 
um, essentially an imperial frequented cabaret uh, like bar uh, that's run by this uh, this dancer, um, and she is secretly working with the Rebel Alliance by um, marking particular stormtroopers and such uh, to provide information to the rebels to let them know when certain raids are coming or when the Imperials are how they're moving and such. Uh, all while she's putting out this fantastic show for everybody else and her daughter who is a, a a little bit more of a hothead uh wants to directly confront the imperials while she is attempting to just provide support and try to keep her out of it um she is about to start her final mission which is to assassinate a um a what looks to me like a grand admiral based on the clothing that they were wearing um and she only comes to find that the person that she intended to assassinate was not the grand admiral and we get a great flashback of her where she it looks like her village is being burned down by the empire and the grand admiral that she's intending to kill uh steals her baby boy and takes him away and this fuels her motivation for revenge um the the story takes a really great twist as you know after some uh, some really detailed combat she realizes that the person that she intended to kill is really her son that was taken away from her so many years ago and that just put uh, a a big plot twist for for the the entire episode right because she's no longer able to do it but she still retains that love and care for her son that was taken away from her and we get to see a side that is mentioned a little bit in in canon for how the empire treats non-humans um you know how they how they discriminate against other races but it's never really directed directly referenced or seen in much of star wars um we definitely get to see that a lot in the throne books um where uh the imperials uh, basically don't give anybody that's a uh, human um any sort of position or power here and in this episode we do see that the grand admiral that stole their kid intentionally uh mutilate had this kid mutilate himself or mutilated the kid to remove his horns and gave him an eye patch to hide his features as an alien in order for him to advance in the imperial navy and that was something that is like huge like i, I thought that was a, a huge piece to for them to address as part of this yeah, and I think they they take that traditional you know look right with the inquisitors and 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 jedis right they, they take that traditional look. I think that the did I accidentally move the screen from the last from that wrong episode? Uh, possibly. Yeah, you did. Go up one more. There you go. That's it. Yep. And and I think I so I don't know. My son loved this episode. He thought this one was the best out of all of them. Yeah. Um, I uh, I don't know because the animation style feels I don't know a little disjointed to me. Um, yeah, I will say I like I genuinely like like the episode for its uniqueness. Um, but this is like an eight to me between a seven and an eight. And like I like the I do like the reveal at the end. Right, like the reveal at the end where they stole their kid, and all of a sudden it's like, "Hey, welcome back!" You know, like you were taken apart, and all these other things. And I think that piece of it brings home what happens, you know, in Star Wars that we don't always see. 
Because mm-hmm. um, we don't get that that feel all the time. <laughs> you can tell her good night for all of us. Yeah. Everybody says good night. <laughs> good night. Good night. Okay. Go. Um. So cute. Um. But uh. So I don't know, like I, I'm torn on this episode. Like I, if the first time I watched it, I did not like it very well. Um, minus the ending, but then afterwards I really started to enjoy it more. Um, I don't, I, I liked five better than this one personally. Yeah. Yeah. This, this for me was the other episode that I was like, wow, like this was like one of the best stories in the, in the season so far. Um, the animation style was a minus for me. Um, but for me, uh, the story and the sequence of how they, they kind of explain the story and the progression of it really uh, helped redeem it for me. So I I would give this a, a nine, actually, because I, I really enjoyed it a lot. All right. Next one. Uh, so this one here is one that we talked about briefly before at the beginning of everything here. This one is the Bandits of Goldlock here. This one is done out of a studio from India. Um, and this one st- follows the story of these uh, two adolescents or teenagers uh, that are on the run and uh, trying to make it over to another city. And as they progress, uh, the younger sister ends up um, using her abilities in the force. We see that she's force sensitive and ends up uh, getting herself and her brother in trouble and on the run from the empire. Uh, this eventually uh, results in an inquisitor being deployed to hunt down uh, this force-sensitive user, and as he's about to capture them, we see the appearance of a Jedi Master in uh, the town of Golok. Uh, we have an awesome action sequence here um, between these two fighters here, and I gotta say, like, the the way that they brought in again their cultural cues from the from the way how they dress each uh you know the jedi and the inquisitor uh just using the accents from uh hindi culture uh it was uh, awesome to see that incorporation in there uh mixed in with like the spinning blade that we see from the inquisitors from like rebels and such uh and then the 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 method that the jedi used to fight the inquisitor with the dual blades very similar to um uh, not Shakti, uh, I forgot her name, but Ayla Sakura uh, from from Clone Wars. Uh, it was really cool to see that in this particular episode. Yeah, and this episode, animation style aside, right? Like, let's forget about that for thirty seconds. Though I like the animation style in this. Um, this feels closer to home with like a more enhanced Rebels type thing. That's yes. what this feels like. So I, I'll be honest, the animation style was a very big plus for me. Yeah, but the story that they developed here was hands down i think almost even better than five in the aspect of how they developed the story in the short amount of time yeah and to me this felt like the antithesis of um was it the second episode screechers yes like this is the opposite this is the jedis doing the other thing Um, yeah exactly their quest Yeah. yeah exactly yeah and so like hands down to me i give this episode a 10 I enjoyed this episode all the way around. The animation style is what pushed it over the top for me. Um, But I feel that this was probably the best told story out of all of them in terms of how it developed the characters in the short amount of time. Um, It didn't bite off too much. It didn't bite off too little. 
it brought in culture. Um, and, and maybe I'm a little biased because I've been rewatching Miss Marvel um, with my daughter a little bit. Um, so th- I'm probably a little bit biased because of that. But it, to me, it felt um, <laughs> yeah. it felt like this hit every one of the boxes that needed to be hit. And we got to see a Grand Inquisitor of sorts again. Right. You know, so, so yeah, like it brings the Rebels feel back. And I have also been watching rewatching what Rebels in anticipation for Ahsoka. So um, I don't know. This brought back to me the, to me. This episode just hands down is is top notch. Um, yeah. I like the animation style of five better, <laughs> um, yeah. but that's because I like anime. Um, but this animation style, because it relates closer to, to, to Rebels, it like just hands down this. Like, if you look at the details and, and even in that picture, you can see they get to keep their cultural piece of it, but mm-hmm. they still bring in the different like there's little empire markings on his cloak. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. And I felt that the de- attention to detail in this episode, hands down, yes. is superior to everything. Yes, by far. Yeah. I definitely really appreciated the, the attention to detail on every single piece of their clothing on there. Um, the only thing that was in mind was just the beginning part in the train sequence that took a little bit too much uh, to develop for me. Uh, but beyond that, that's the only negative that I had for that. Uh, this one was a solid uh, eight and a half for me for for this episode for um, for the season here. Uh, so going on to episode number nine, or sorry, uh, eight. The it's titled "The Pit." Uh, this one hit hard. This one was tough to watch, um, and, and not saying that it's bad at all. No, it's not. But it's just it's something that. Um, you know, if you if you ever follow the history of you know uh, of other cultures, uh, how certain people are sent to labor camps and marginalized for the work, slave labor and stuff. Um, you know, especially when you look at like some of the like South American countries, or you take a look at some of the countries in like you know minor uh, minor Asia or Asia Minor, um, and see how people uh, of certain cultures or certain um, like creeds and stuff out there they're taken advantage of by uh the governments and stuff like this hit really really hard right because we see uh this group that's uh forced into labor by the empire to go mine for kyber crystals uh to help a um make the neighboring city um much much better and the people in that city are basically completely ignorant to what the empire is doing uh to these people and then finally when the mine is finally exhausted and they hit the bottom the empire just packs up and just leaves all these people stranded in that giant pit uh which hit really really hard and then we get um one of the characters here uh that manages to escape the pit which actually had a, a very big um dark knight rises vibes when they're escaping it the is. pit yeah <laughs> so i expected them to like chant <laughs> basha yep. basha so anyway um he manages to to get out of the pit and go into the town and basically tell all the citizens of what's going on only to immediately get silenced by the empire and thrown back into the pit where he he unfortunately loses his life. Um, this his death causes the 
the people to start questioning, you know, what's going on, what has the empire been doing all this time? And the empire uh, shows up in force to try to stop these people from seeing what is going on um, to the point that they're, they're about to open fire on all these civilians. And then the empire decides to pull out and just let them be. And it is a, it's a hard hitting message for this one, because for a hot second, they look down at everybody there and then they just back away and you get that sense like they they're just gonna just abandon them to their fate and then finally help comes in the form of a transport that helps get everybody out of there and then we find that the little girl um who who kept the piece of kuiper um it starts singing to her signifying that she has become force sensitive or it has been force sensitive um and yeah that was a it, it was a it was a hard episode it was a heavy episode yeah. And I will also I will also give this episode a 10. Like I yeah. I feel to me like again I still really like 5, right? You know, and and 7 and but to me this story is the story people don't want to talk about. And 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 if you think about it, I don't care whether George Lucas originally wanted to talk about like colonialism colonialism on this level. But what the white man has done <laughs> is eradicated culture from the earth and in this episode is a highlight of 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 how star wars to some extent has had that conversation even back in the 70s even in the 70s when it wasn't like completely woke and understanding of all the other things going on in other countries this happens and the the difference is is like oh when you're on a moon a Ryloth moon right and and like do you connect as well with with people that are on Ryloth you probably don't right you're not a Twilly right but you mm -hmm. can connect but it's not visually as connecting this episode just basically said here look it's a bunch of minorities that they stuck in a pit and enslaved and then gave them enough food and water to not die right away. And to basically do a self experiment on how to kill themselves, right? Like it's insane. Like the the in, like this is very uh, reminiscent of of what it would be like if you took a death camp and mm -hmm. decided you're going to create an experiment. That's what this felt like. And they, they basically dug their own grave. Basically, yeah. they made them dig their own grave for profit, for capitalism, mm -hmm. for other people. And like, I cry. I'll tell. I, I cried for this episode because this 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 episode to me feels and rings so true to our current societies. And 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 maybe we don't make people dig holes and leave them in there anymore. But we also in America. And I guess I'm going to get a little on a soapbox here. Um, in America, we don't support minorities and the poor in the same way that we could. As a first world nation, we should be doing a million things more for people. And this episode highlights all of that. And I think the tense part at the end, right, where you don't know whether they're going to kill everybody or not, like shows you the true selfishness of these type of people. They knew even with all their guns that the citizens would kill them all. That's what it's telling you. And and like and this this goes back to when we talk about, you know, 
the Black Lives Matter riots and all these other things that have happened throughout our country. When you go back to that, the people have the power. We just need to take up and unify as a community to take back the injustices that people in power want to lord over us. And I've said this before, and it's probably not surprising because I'm a pretty out there individual, but I have a 401k and I'd be willing to give it all up in anarchy if it meant we could create a society that had equal shares for everyone so that we didn't have people suffering. Because I'll tell you, it's horrible. <laughs> Some of the things, the atrocities that happen, and, and that's just our country. Now walk out to all these other countries where people are enslaving other people because they don't value the lives of humans. Um, I don't know. Like, I guess I went off on a little bit of a tangent, and I apologize. <laughs> no, that's okay, man. I mean, I, I it, it definitely brought all those themes out, and it, it is definitely a, a heartbreaking episode um and you know it the way it ends too with her just being force sensitive just leaves that glimmer of hope that she can hopefully make the change right because she now has a power to hopefully make that change for for her and her people um story-wise this was probably the the hardest hitting and the best story i want to say um animation was there as well um definitely not an action pack episode like we saw with number five uh but for me this was a solid nine and a half very close to ten for me yeah yeah so going on to the last episode here that we have, this one is Aou's Song, uh, which focuses on uh, a couple of miners here uh, that are also mining for kyber crystals. Um, and oddly enough, the majority of those crystals appear to be corrupted. They're all um, red crystals that they're digging out of this mine, which is interesting, right? Because normally when we think about the kyber crystals as they're being mined, they're usually colorless or they have like a slight hue of like blue or yellow or uh, green, but you never see a, a mine of crystals that are primarily red. And we see this girl, Ao, who her, uh, her song causes the crystals to get purified. Um, so much so her, her, it's almost like it's a talent that she has that's imbued with the force that helps purify crystals. And she ends up having to, her dad constantly tells her not to sing because it can cause a, a big disturbance for whenever she's near a kyber crystal. Um, and she ends up inside of a mine where she ends up uh, trapped in case of, um, in a, in a cave full of these red kyber crystals. And while her father's trying to uh, save her and execute her or, um, get her out from that area um, they're being pursued by uh, a monster that lives within the cave and by her being able to use the song she's able to um, purify all the kyber crystals are in there and um, and it, it's a nice uh, decent story uh, for for this one here yeah this the, I don't know um, I'm a little torn on this one right um, I did think I did like the uniqueness of having the red crystals because you don't see that. Um, mm -hmm. and I did like the animation style to some extent for this. Um, mm -hmm. and I did enjoy the story, but it was harder. It, I was less captivated, I guess, <laughs> because of the lack of dialogue. Yeah. Um, and and that's that's a personal thing. That's not really a dig on 
what it is, right? You know, like yeah. this is I, I um I don't want to dig on this as an episode, but I had a harder time I had a harder time following it um than some of the other ones and, and yeah. staying as interested. Um I did like I said, I, I, I do like the animation style and I did like the way the story was told. Um, basically her being able to lend her voice to make changes and they have to, you know, like embrace that piece of it. Um, so I don't know. I, I would give this like a six and a half to me. Like I thought it was good, but it's not, I don't know. Like I felt the story was good and the animation was good. It had a harder time holding my attention because of the style the episode presented itself in. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the this, the lack of dialogue did hurt it a little bit. I get that they're trying to convey a story uh, based on the girl's song and just her journey into it. But because of that lack of dialogue to kind of further bring out her, the personality, her and the characters around her, um, kind of left you wanting for a little bit more. And it didn't give a huge return on it as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, for me, it was about a six. I mean, it, it was a great concept um, for how they, they were going to do it, but I guess the constraints of the time that they had to deliver the story um, kind of left the feeling flat. Uh, but yeah, it was a six for me. Yeah. And I, like I said, I, I think the idea behind it is great. And I do like the creative aspect behind it. You know, like it's yeah. definitely a different take and it's very bold. This is a very yep. bold take that you, we don't see very often. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just, I feel that they should have left the pit. as the last one. Like, give me that as the closer, you know? Yeah. Um, but this should have been I, more of a mid season episode, honestly. Yeah. And, and maybe cause they drop them all at the same time. It's inconsequential, I, I guess. Right. You know, but I don't know. This one did not hold my attention the way the other ones did, I guess. Yeah. And with that, I mean, uh, what are your thoughts so far for season two? Better than season one? So I will say overall, I liked it better. Hands down. I like the Sith theme. (laughs) Um, So there's that. Like, that's a little bit more me. Um, I I like more evil things, I guess. And (laughs) so I I like the Sith thematic. I felt art wise um mostly it was the more diverse than before uh before had a more aggressive anime style to it which i liked about it and that's the only reason i ever actually watched visions because it's not canon so i didn't like i didn't care about it when it first came out we didn't watch it at all like i don't know for a couple months and finally my son's like well i don't really like star wars which in my house he's just have been you know dragged out and quartered but um <laughs> like he doesn't care that much about Star Wars, but he um he was like he likes anime and so he wanted to give it a try and we enjoyed we enjoyed it together. Um I actually went back and just recently rewatched season one after I watched season two. Um and I would say overall I feel season two is better at telling the story. Um it was better at giving a variety, like truly giving us a variety of content from different paths um so i feel season two was better overall um than season one um yeah out of, out of like i would give i would give this um an eight and a half out of ten overall 
yeah definitely that's that's definitely where i i stand for the rating for it um i think that there were a lot more episodes here that delivered uh, more of a story in a more compressed time um, that kept you engaged with the characters more than so, so than what we saw in episode or season one. Um, and I think for that, for that aspect, being able to, um, you know, within the same similar time constraints and, you know, using your animation style to really accent, you know, the culture that comes out from behind um the artist's uh history and uh, blend it with the theme of star wars i think they did a far better job season two so far for it than what we've seen and uh, i i'm just hoping that we get a season three pretty soon yeah and i don't know when we'll see it who knows i mean it's kind of one of those things where this felt a little, little bit more surprising how fast it came uh than normal but i guess when you have a bunch of other studios doing your work for you 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 can you know you can make it easier on yourself yeah well, all right well thank you all for joining us for this episode of universe extended episode 28 reviewing visions season two in its entirety we will be back next week possibly with a bad batch review um for season two Depending on JJ, I don't know. I think we might do that. I don't. Have you finished watching Bad Batch? Nope, I'm on the season finale now. Actually, all right. So JJ has until next Saturday to finish that, so we can watch or we can review season two of Bad Batch. And I do think we should do that because yeah, I don't. I don't think we need to take each episode and break it down uh, by itself. I think we could just spend a little bit longer and review the yeah. whole thing. Um, yeah. So that's uh, what we barring, barring points. <laughs> points released next week. I think we're going to spend more time doing that than anything. But yeah, Bad Batch is definitely on the docket for the next time. Yeah. So if you like what we do and you want to support us, you're welcome to subscribe here. Follow us here. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher. And if you want to be even more generous, you can donate to our PayPal or join us on Patreon. Planning phase syndicate. Uh, this is our universe extended. This is just our Star Wars discussion. This is JJ and I having fun talking about the reason why we play Star Wars X-Wing miniatures. Thank you all. Have a good night. And we will be back next week at 2100 UTC. UTC 2100 Eastern time. <laughs> Have a good night, everybody. Have a good night.